Hello everyone. Hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And, and we, we are, are the Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending TBR files. Um, and today we're going to talk about what we've actually read. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about things we've actually read. And I've, Some of the I'm things we've right. taken off the pile. I'm doing all right with the pile carving. Tony is in a really good headspace, so she is no longer a lazy yeah. book lover. She is just a book lover. I'm not miserable, and You're it's like surprisingly readerer. productive. <laughs> What? What is this? I know, like joy really helps you get shit done. <laughs> they should tell people this. Oh dear. Just like makes stress easier and shit as well. So mm. like even it's stressful, I'm like, oh well. I see um some people who when they do their wrap ups, like their monthly wrap ups, they're like, I had a really depressive month, so I read like four thousand books. And I'm like, Oh, I had a really depressive month, so I watched a lot of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I laid in bed in the dark for a yeah, month. Exactly. I, so this month, I actually had a very depressing month, and um, I watched all of BoJack Horseman, Ooh. and realised that was a big mistake. Oh yeah, I mean, isn't that entire series basically about a horse with depression? So it's about <laughs> depression, addiction, and trauma. Oh, so really, just the trifecta? Yeah, and I watched all six series in like a week. Is it kind of like free therapy though? Does he get better or worse? Oh. <laughs> He made me cry a lot. Aww. I cried over a cartoon horse a lot, yeah. And all of the other characters. And my partner kept walking in and was like, I have been curious about this show, but why are some of them animals? And I was like, I don't know. He said, did I not explain it? And I was like, no. And he's like, does it not bother you? And I was like, it does bother me that they have human hands and feet. And he's like, that's what bothers you. And I was like, yes, yes, it does. Why does a horse not have hooves? I was no. like, that is what bothers me. He's like, nothing else. And I was like, no. <laughs> Like there's scenes where walk away. Yeah, there's like bits where um like the different animals are with other animals or with humans and so like they if they get pregnant they have to have a scan and they find out what animal it is or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, that bothered me slightly, but not as much as a lack of hooves. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, watch that if you want to get depressed and watch a main character that you like. But it's constantly doing bad things and like you hate him for things, it. Yeah. But you also root for him even though you hate him. Oh, sounds like next time I want to have a nice good cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect for it. I might rewatch it. Right. Someone <laughs> said I was weird for like having scheduled cries. No, we discussed this today. Don't sit crying. Like it's like, really good for you. Yeah, I was I was talking about this with my partner's brother's wife and she was saying about like how hard it must be to be a mum like we went there, we went to visit for a weekend mm. and she was like fucking hell I feel sorry for mums and I was like tell me about it <laughs> and um and I was saying like one good thing is if you can if you can learn to just schedule your own emotions <laughs> that that really helps <laughs> schedule a nice breakdown like after the weekend I was like right you take the kids I need to go and have a bath and cry <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta get it out. But like, I'm not. I don't cry super easily for day to day things. No. So I'm like, sometimes I just need a like, something to get me started. Yeah. <laughs> like watching me before you and um, all the I bright places on Netflix back to back. Okay, I've not watched you for then. Hmm. Recommend if you're looking for a good, mm. good cry. And it's all about life and. 
find joy in life. And I, w- stuff. I rewatched The Office, like all of it, mm. the other day, literally, like two days I rewatched it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I broke down at the end and literally was crying so oh, you know, much. I couldn't get past series work. And I was like, I know what's happening. I've watched mm. it so many times. Why am I so emotional? Well, it's like a Vampire Diaries, the skinny love graveyard scene. I don't think I got that far. Uh, it's like series one and series two after Jenna. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah. song. But they, basically, it's called the Skinny Love because they they play the song called Skinny, the skinny yeah. Love Song, and everyone says like it's like a thing on TikTok where they're like every time the Skinny Love graveyard scene oh. hits, <laughs> like if you just hear that song out in the You're wild, like, it's like no. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. So uh, we're going to talk about books we've read. Maybe yeah. some are depressing. Who knows? I um. I know. <laughs> I know from my list. Uh, I have not read one book that's not fantasy. Perfect. Right. Do you want to start? Uh, yeah. Because okay. you're the reader of the two of us. At least for this one. (laughs) Usually you beat me by miles. Stupid brain goblins. Usually my depression is the depression where I read lots. It's a helpful depression. (laughs) Yeah, that's the productive depression. Depression that cares. (laughs) So we're not, we make, we're dark humour. We're not making glib jokes about. Yeah, I'm not trivialising it. I'm just saying. I was depressed and usually I read a lot. I can, there was a kind of few books in between me starting this series and finishing this series. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do both all together. Mm-hmm. So I read the Crescent City series, one and two. So I mean, there's not been just small books, there's been some chunky fuckers. No, um, they're like 700, 800 pages or something. Yeah, and they're big books. Yeah, yeah. you could injure someone with them. Well, I, um, I was determined to finish the second book so this week. you didn't week. have to take it on holiday. Yeah, yeah, but that means I was taking it to work. Oh, and everyone yeah. at work was like, that is a book. That is a book that like makes you want people to know you're reading. It's pretty big. And then they said it, it looked like a Bible. And that I looked like someone who was going door to door because I was wearing like smartish stuff that day. Oh my and God. And they were like, you look like someone going door to door to door with your Bible. And I was like, I don't know why, that's not a compliment, Are guys. you ready to hear about our Lord and Saviour, whatever, <laughs> favourite stand-in for this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Saviour, Sarah J Mass. So I wasn't sure how to uh, summarise this. I'm just going to be lazy and read the story graph. Yeah, I'm very... I was like, don't tell me anything that could be remotely a yeah. spoiler, <laughs> Okay, so I'm just going to do the first if bit. If I'm going to read, then, like, a thousand pages, I want to not know anything. And then allude to my emotions is what I'm going to do. Okay, I like sound that. Okay, so... The Crescent series... Uh, try this again... <laughs> The Crescent City series begins with House of Earth and Blood, the story of the half-fae, half-human Bryce Quinlan, as she seeks revenge in a contemporary fantasy world of magic danger and searing romance. Bryce Quinlan has the perfect life, working hard all day and partying all night until a demon murdered her closest friend, leaving her bereft, wounded and alone. When the accused is behind bars but the crimes start again, Bryce finds herself at the heart of the investigation. she do whatever it takes to avenge their deaths. Hunt Anathar, I have no idea if that's how you say his name, there's the one up where's how I've been saying it in my head this whole time, so we're just gonna go with it. As a notorious fallen angel, now enslaved by to the archangels, he once attempted to overthrow. His brutal skills and incredible strength has been set to one purpose, to assassinate his boss's enemies. No questions asked. But with a demon wreaking havoc in the city, he's offered an irresistible deal. Help Bryce find the murderer and his freedom within is will be within reach. As Bryce and Hunt dig deep into the Crescent City's underbelly, they discover a dark power that threatens everything and everyone they hold dear, and they find in each other a 
blazing passion and one that could set them both free if they only let it. I've just realised I've never even read the synopsis. Mm. I didn't know what they were about because I just didn't want to know anything. You know, I never did either. I've seen lots of like Does that sum people it up? cosplaying Bryce yeah. and stuff like that. I know there's like, I didn't know her name. All mm. I know is the Ruin. Ruin? Ruin? Rune. Rune. Rune Dannon. Yeah. <laughs> Crown Vince of the Barbara yeah. Faye. <laughs> so Rune... I've seen some um, fan art with mm. him. He looks very emo in the fan art. Yeah. yeah. So Rune is Bryce's brother in this. Oh, I assumed he was the love interest of the main character. No. So it's Hunt. If they are brother and sister, let's not Cassandra Clare up in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Hunt. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Ends up being. Um, so the the first book... Because it's an urban fantasy. Yeah, it? so it's yeah. like there's phones and there's technology, but it's powered by a thing called your first light. So in this version, when they switch from being like mortal fate to immortal, they have to do this thing where they make the drop, mm-hmm. which is where they kind of basically have to tunnel deep into the bottom of their power well. And they drop to the bottom and they have to get back out. Mm-hmm. And when they hit the bottom, their heart stops. And they have to get back out before their brain dies in six minutes. So do they have to like know when to stop or do they go to the bottom? So they, the, the, the stop is the bottom the bottom mm-hmm. of their well of power, basically. Okay. okay, okay. And then so whenever they hit the stop, that's when their heart stops and the timer starts. Oh. And if you don't get back out, you don't you don't survive the drop. Sounds interesting. And someone has to anchor you, basically, to help you get out the other end. So you have to have an anchor, and it needs to be someone you trust. Mm-hmm. So someone's at the bottom, at the, at the top of your power well, going hello over here, and you have to run towards them. Okay. And you have to surviving that is like how you, and then you come come back alive with your immortal body. Okay. And that is so the Fae have to do that. Like all the shifters also have the same system. Like all the angels. There's all sorts of different creatures in this. Um, but shifters, angels, and fae, all and witches, they all have to make the drop to get their power. Okay, okay, that's interesting. When they come first, come back out. There's this big blast of light, and it's called your first light, which is like when your power is kind of released. You mm-hmm. still have your powers before you do the drop, but they are enhanced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first light is used to power like the electronics in the city and stuff like that, and it's mandatory that you oh. have to donate your first light. Oh. They're all ruled over by the people called the Asteri. And then there's angels that are kind of at the top. And then each of the different factions have their own like royalty and kings and queens and stuff. And leaders. But they all ultimately report to the Asteri. That sounds really interesting. Yes, yeah, so they all ultimately report to angels. And angels report to the Asteri. Mm. And the angels kind of work like mercenaries for the Asteri. Okay. And Hunt is an angel who tried to overthrow the Asteri. That's tried to rebel. a no-no. Big no-no. So he's basically a slave in the first book. He's enslaved, and part of his enslavement, he, he has to atone for every life he took during the rebellion. Just like he, but they counted everyone on the battlefield that he commanded. Oh yeah, so yeah. thousands. Because he led the rebellion. Yeah, mm-hmm. where okay. he was a commander in the army. Okay, and he was in love with the actual person leading the rebellion, mm. who dies obviously. So he has to. <laughs> Yeah, and then he has to live, for it live the consequences. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't like, even though he's like, his name, he's literally called the Umbra Mortis, which I think is like death walking or something, I can't remember what the translation is. Um, so like, he literally is like, 
winged death kind of thing. And but he hates it. Yeah. And so like yeah, it's all about and Bryce obviously she loses the her friend that dies in the thing is, your first when you first if you don't know this, um which I don't I don't think it's a spoiler because it's literally in the synopsis. But if you don't know this, the Bryce the books open with Bryce and Danica having a great time partying and obviously you when you hear about it on tiktok you think danica's the main character that's in the books mm-hmm. now nah, she dies real early oh. like she's the driver of the plot basically so when bryce and hunt me they're both kind of like super traumas my cat is snoring and it's i don't know if you so guys can hear yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um his little old man snores <laughs> um sarah J. math does enjoy her trauma though yeah she likes putting her characters through it yeah and it's all about like again like most of her books it's like them working through their trauma and stuff like Bryce refuses to go to a therapist because they have therapists in this because it's like modern so she's half human mm-hmm. do the humans know about all of this yes yeah, yeah, okay. humans are bottom bottom of the pecking order obviously like mostly treated like slaves we are pretty much scum yeah pretty much yeah. so <laughs> in, in like Crescent City is Lunathonian like because there's different areas mm. Where they are, humans are free, but kind of looked down on. Mm-hmm. But in other countries, they are slaves by default. And it kind of depends, luck of the draw, of where you're born. Oh, that sounds like something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we find out, you find out a lot about Bryce, Bryce's heritage and her fae half of her heritage and stuff. Is it common to have half fae's half? No. Okay. Um... He, her father was in a in a relationship with her mother, but then he's quite hot tempered and cruel. But she did a runner with Bryce when she was a kid, and then when and Bryce she... was sixteen or thirteen, she was went to like finally agreed to go see her father, mm-hmm. and then there was fallout from that. So I'm guessing her dad was the fae and her mum yeah. was the human. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's good. And then so the first book is kind of all of this invest- investigation to finding out why Danica died and how. And then, like, it turns out Danica was involved in a bunch of shady shit as well, which we're still finding out. And then book two is the events after this, because, like, the, the fucking ending of the first one... I seen like lo- a big, big ending. Yeah. I've seen loads of TikToks of people saying, oh, the end of Crescent City is really sad. And I definitely thought that meant the second book. So I was all prepared, not thinking the first book I sobbed for about the last 300 pages... It's 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 good, but it's real sad. <laughs> oh, maybe I should read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really really sad because there's like a character who does something for Bryce that to save her, and it's just like oh. <laughs> um, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, and I then do, I do want to pick them up soon. Second book is like the fallout after of what she does to survive in the first book. And there's more shit that Danica was involved in with that gets brought to light and they start getting involved in, like, the rebellion against the Assyri. Mm. And in the end, like, they end up finding something that basically could destroy the Assyri. Mm. She's just released the title of the third book, hasn't Mm -hmm. she? What's it? Um, Top of your head. No. Let me have a look. I will look. I don't actually follow her, so I don't know. Mm. If I'll find her very quickly. There she is, the real 
Sebastian Mars. Um, oh, I thought she released it. She did, didn't she? She did, because everyone was going feral. Yeah, is it not on her Instagram? Um, let me see if it's on Amazon AD. Oh, the paperback covers look nice. Oh. They're the UK ones. I'm trying to remember what I had then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> House of Flame and Shadow. Yeah. Comes out in January, doesn't it? Uh, next year. Yeah. Yeah. Why does I say that like it's a question? January's happened. Mm. <laughs> um, did you notice the uh, crossover? Or oh, it's explicit in this oh, one. Oh, it's not, it's not a secret. Well, no, not it's, a it's blinking, not. you miss it. It's, so in Throne of Glass, Aelin falls between the worlds and then she sees a dark-haired male with his pregnant mate... A.K.A. most likely Reese and Feyre. Yeah. No, because I'm not telling you yeah. when or how this happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, or Akatar why she's through the world. world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it's an Akatar spoiler. But I feel like we spoil came... Akatar every episode. Yeah, Sorry, it's really everyone. hard <laughs> to remember them. There's a, there's a, a, a part in Frenograss where there's a, <laughs> a crossover. <laughs> and like Reese uses her power to help her keep pinging through the world. Okay. But it's not explicitly said that's who they are. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in this book, it's, it's explicit. explicit. They literally walk in and introduce themselves like, hi, I'm Rezand. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not saying when or where or yeah, how, yeah. but there is a point where he's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that they're all in the same universe. So... Again, there's like magic, so though, many billions of hours of TikTok theories you can find about this. Yeah. But when when Bryce does meet the, the, um, the Akatar people, mm. she says she's wearing the kind of clothes that Royal Faye used to wear hundreds of years ago in her world. Oh, so maybe this is like a time travel type well, thing? So, or like a pocket of time frozen? Or... <laughs> A universe. I can't tell you. Or... Yeah, why exactly. I'm just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. okay. That's fine. We'll it's... talk about this like when I've read it. Off. Hang off. On, I think I figured out a spoiler way to say it. Okay, go. On. It's to do with the Asteri and how they've used the rifts between worlds to increase their power. Mm, okay. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. No, because they talk about the rifts between worlds from the beginning because it's like it's a part of their history that none of the sort of beings came from this world. Mm. So they, they all talk about how they came through the rift. So, yeah, they talk about that right in the beginning. It's okay. like a well-known fact that the Fae came through the rift. And okay. so, yeah, so, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Hard to talk but... about when you're avoiding <laughs> So do you want to go next? Yes, I do. And if we sound nourished, it's good. <laughs> You don't know this, but we had a little break. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little pause, and we've got oh, hang on. Starbucks ASMR. <laughs> yeah, we've got some beautiful iced coffee, and um, I ate a cinnamon bun, and I'm living my best life. Right. So at some point, at the beginning of February, <laughs> I was looking at when I read it. <laughs> at some point at the beginning of February, I did a weekend readathon thing. Oh yeah, I think you were in. Are you just? You were in the middle of it or just done it last time we recorded? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think I was on like day two or yeah. something. Yeah. So I read a few books for that. I uh, read some 
graphic novels but two of the books i want to talk about are the hollow places by t king fisher uh t king fisher a flipping love yes um, well, I, remember, I remember you yeah what are the other books that what moves the dead which was a retelling of the house of usher yeah 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 i remember this now yeah um and nestle and bone is on my to read list for T. Kingfisher. I'll be reading that next month for another readathon. Uh, and the Twisted Ones. Do you remember mentioning mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So this one's called The Hollow Places, and it's about a woman who she's called Kara, but she her nickname is Carrot, if I remember correctly. I listened to it as an audio, and it was quite amusing every time. <laughs> like um. So she is a um. She has recently just got divorced and she's had to move home and um and then she's like hating hating it. She's hating life. Yeah. She's her, she loves her mum but doesn't want to live like too much of a good thing, you know. Yeah. You know. And uh <laughs> and then her uncle invites invites her to come and help him with his store. So he has a museum. It's like a museum of curiosities kind of thing and uh it's just a bunch of really weird stuff that he finds or gets sent and he puts it up in his museum i want an uncle with a weird curiosity museum yeah so there's like loads of taxidermy stuff and things like that and then she goes there and then her uncle breaks his leg or has he has a knee operation so she ends up running the um the museum for him and whilst there she um she finds a hole in one of the walls mm. that she assumes a um, customer has knocked something and broken a hole and yeah. just didn't tell her. But then she goes through it and there's like a bunker and then she goes through the bunker and there's a weld. Oh! It's like a huge... For as far as she can see, it's like water and um, with little sandy islands and some of them have palm trees and stuff and there's like one that has a forest on it and a lot of those islands have bunkers which seem like they might go to another world okay and so it's all about kind of like alternate realities it's really spooky t kingfisher has a great way of just writing these things that shouldn't be scary but are yeah making things other i think it's called like, yeah oh, i can't remember the proper word for that i never do but that is exactly yeah. uncanny correct. uncanny that's it yeah and it was fabulous mm. i well as i said i've yet to rate a t king fisher less than like 4.5 stars you know what whenever i see one of those like you know when you go somewhere like york or like even brighton or somewhere mm. and you see these weird little shops that seem to have a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and they've got books and weird ornaments i'm always like straight in there <laughs> Like, I'm going to have a good mooch around this bad boy. <laughs> what? They're my favourite mooching stores. Yeah, because they just... And you just never know. know. I'm convinced one just time... Just good vibes. One time I'm going to find a portal. Yeah. I'm determined. It'll <laughs> I'll be check like a wayward children situation. <laughs> um, and even better in it, next, next to her uncle's uh, museum is a guy who runs a coffee shop. I think the coffee shop's owned by her uncle as well. It's like in the same yeah. building. Yeah, it is. And um and he like runs it and he she gets him to go through with her to make sure she's not going crazy. And their yeah. reactions are really good because they're realistic reactions. <laughs> like they're both like, uh no, I don't think so. And then they're like, <laughs> shall we? And they're like, oh we're gonna die. And it's just really like 
Yeah, realistic. What would you do? Would you just be like, you just see a portal and think, nah, fuck that? Yeah. And then, I would go through it. Yeah, and then they get to a point where they're like, well, we're just gonna have to stop questioning this mm. and just accept it's real and just move on. <laughs> like, yeah. And then we're like, they just have really realistic uh, reactions to things, which I love. Yeah. And then straight after that, I read this thing between us by Gus Marino. Um. And this was really... Both mm. of these I read for um, Cosmic Horror was the prompt. Okay. Yeah, which I discovered during this readathon is actually a specific a subgenre I really, really love, Cosmic okay. Horror. Would that, that one with the spooky spaceship fall under Cosmic Horror or am I misunderstanding what Cosmic which Horror one, is? Sorry? The one with the spaceship and they're all, like, they're all dead in space and... Like yeah, right. yeah, that yeah. was that was one that's on read okay. for cosmic horror. Yeah, okay, I've understood the genre. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so next one was this thing between us by Gus Marino, and this really creeped me out when I was I listened to it as an audio, and it really creeped me out. Oh, I still don't know how you do these as audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is about a guy, Diego, who um, he. He loses his wife through a random, horrible act of violence, just, like, in the street. Okay. And um, before she dies, at the beginning, she, she dies. And then it does a little bit of flashbacks and a little bit. Yeah. Now. So it does a little bit of flashbacks of their life together and, like, leading up to her death mm. and then what's happening from her death. So, um, like, the kind of the beginning of it is she, if she dies... Um, and then you go back and you sort of see how they met and like their life and when they moved in together they got a itza which is like a um this book's version of a, a siri or a google hub or whatever okay. like yeah a smart smart thing smart device wow i sound really old and um <laughs> and like weird stuff starts happening in that smart speaker home smart speaker it says <laughs> Weird stuff starts happening in their house. So, like, the lights will go off, even though no one's asked the mm. lights to go off. Music will start playing. They start getting stuff ordered to their house that the Eats has ordered because, obviously, it's connected to their Amazon account. Yeah. And... Well, she does do creepy shit sometimes. Yeah. And um, and it really starts heightening. It starts getting batshit crazy at the same time mm. that he's going through a lot of grief and like dealing with his like his wife losing her life and Mm. she's he's obviously very angry and yeah and then the itza starts playing up even more and he starts to wonder if it's supernatural or okay not and i guess there's a little element of um is he just going a little bit unhinged Mm. with his grief and stuff like that and then it goes fucking crazy oh. <laughs> it just oh my god the last like the audiobook was only six hours long i'm not gonna lie the last hour and a half i was you wash- just sort of sat somewhere like yeah i was washing up when i was listening to it but i ended up just sitting there with my head in my hands like the fuck is going on like i just i oh my god it yeah. was so good yeah it was I don't really, know if that's really good. One I should read, considering we have one of the um, Amazon devices in almost every room in this house. Yeah, well, we have one, um, and she never listens to me. I have to do a man's voice mm. to get her to listen to me. I have to do a really deep voice, so I was like, oh, 
I see. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so good, and it's uh, yeah. But a lot, I would say a lot of trigger warnings, especially for like death of someone you love, suicide, animal death. There's a lot of triggers in Check it. The triggers. It was great. It says it's a bold original horror novel about grief and loneliness and the uh, the oppressive intimacy of technology, and I think that's a great great explanation of what it is. Mm. <laughs> and then I did a couple of graphic novels, which I won't talk about too much. Mm-hmm. So I did the first volume of Walking Dead because I have only ever got up to volume fifteen, I think. Um, and I do want to finish it. It's finished now. There's 35 mm. volumes. I Jesus should just Christ. do it. Um, and I thought that would make that would fit the prompt of creature. I think it was cre- creature feature. I thought mm. zombies a creature. And then I did plastic, which is about. I, I did this for um, slasher, a slasher prompt. Um, it's about a retired serial killer who has a. Um, he's just kind of driving around America with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend is a blood sex doll. Um, <laughs> and it's just. And they like to eat donuts. <laughs> it was really fun. Fun, <laughs> the weirdest shit. Uh, it was really good. The artwork's really fun as well. And then I had. Uh, well, I had one more horror, which I'll mention yeah. now as well. How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Who oh, is another you love a bit of Grady Hendrix, yeah. And he's really kind of hit and miss because he does like comedy horror and sometimes mm. I find it works and sometimes I find it doesn't work. Yeah. So Horror Store is, in my opinion, of the books of his I've read, the best mix of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but My Best Friend's Exorcism is pretty good as well. Um, How to Sell a Haunted House is... Yeah. Oh, sorry, what are you going No, at? My Best Friend's Exorcism, there is a movie for it. Mm-hmm. Crap, don't watch it. Yeah, I've been told it's really awful and um, it really doesn't match the tone of the book either, apparently. I made my friends watch it based off of like the review you gave the book on the podcast. Mm. I was like, Natalie's read this on the podcast. It was sounding really funny. It sounded really good. I was like, let's watch it. It'd, it'd be perfect. And they were like this. They were so mad at me. They were like, this is so shit. And I was like, oh, how was I to know? The yeah. book sounded so good. I really was excited about watching the film and Oh, it no, has such don't. bad reviews. I was like, I'm not no, going to hear it. No, don't bother. No. It's going to be a waste of your time. Because the book was really fun. Yeah, the book sounded so fun oh. from what you said. And I was like, oh, this will be a slam dunk. He's no. really like hit and miss. I think sometimes he gets the comedy right. And sometimes mm. it's just, I don't know. It, it's, yeah. This one is about grief. I read, hang on a minute. <laughs> I read a lot of books about grief. <laughs> That's sadness and dealing with sadness. Uh, <laughs> Why no, did you no, do that this morning? No. <laughs> I, I was like, there was no books of mine that were about depression. Um, <laughs> so this follows Louise, whose parents die. They both die in a car crash, like together. And she finds out from her brother, and her and her brother have a really strained relationship. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, did this hit me at the beginning? Like. Being the oldest daughter mm-hmm. and having a younger brother who has a very different sense of direction in life from myself mm-hmm. and was very much raised differently from me to the point that it makes sense that he has a very blasé direction in life and I have a very non-blasé <laughs> direction in life. I'm sure everyone can pick up what I'm putting down. <laughs> this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
oh, it really hit me to begin with. Like, so she's moved away from like her hometown, and her brother still lives near her parents, and they still pay for everything for him. Blah blah blah. And then when she comes back to like help deal with the funeral and clear out that they have to clear out the house and her parents their parents were kind of quarters and her brother's like i can't i can't even like she gets there and she goes to the house and she's having all these feelings all of these grief yeah. feelings because she's lost her parents and it's really kind of brutally written yeah um and then he just rocks up with um house clearers and like yeah just clear it all out i'm mm. selling it next week and she's like sitting on the stairs crying over her parents and he's like yeah just bung it all in the skit and like oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and like she finds out they're dead by her brother phoning her up and saying he's drunk and he phones her up and he's like mum and dad are dead by the way <laughs> like Jeez. yeah so the book's um set up major trigger warnings for this book as well mm. but it's a horror so it, the book's set up as like different stages of grief as well like the parts yeah. so all of that to the side her mum used to make puppets <laughs> and their house no. has a lot of puppets oh. including oh. one which is haunted <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was like hell. <laughs> Reading anything to the puppets, I was like, "Oh, I hate it! Please make it stop." So yeah, that, well, that reminds me of like the porcelain dolls I used to collect, which mm. all sit in a box in the loft. I used to friend when I used to have them in this in this room. Friends refused to sleep over, and I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> I'm like, "Why?" It's just a doll. And now I'm older. I'm like, "Oh yeah." I used to have, I used to collect like porcelain doll masks and had them all over mm. my wall. I also um, had clowns in this room. I had clowns and dolls. No, I'm surprised she weren't haunted. <laughs> yeah, so like if if things like dolls' heads moving around to follow you around the room oh. freaks you out, don't worry. But also around, I would say two thirds away through this book, there's a part that feels like a conclusion. Mm. But then there's like an additional storyline that happens. Mm. If he'd entered it at that part, this book would have been much better. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Mm. Cool. That's my horror, I think. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to get into uh, one more depressive book. And then... Oh, no, wait. There's a few more depressive books. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're such a liar. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about I was looking at the books. I was like, they've all got such colourful we... covers. How many more have you got? Because we've got... I actually read stuff, so we've got to do yeah, a few of mine. Yeah, you do a few of yours now. Because usually it's just I say, like, one book and then you talk for the rest of the update. <laughs> uh, I've got four more books. I've got one, two, three, four... Five. And apart from one, Six, they're all seven. about depression and losing parents. Um, but I could probably lump most of them into one. Uh, so I have been re-listening to as my sleep reading, my sleep audio. Um, Zodiac Academy oh, one and I two. Wet apologies. She's talking about my desk. Oh yes, her, so her ice of her drink has melted on my desk. <laughs> Condensation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Make sure I provide context. I <laughs> uh, um, need to stop putting a camera in. Here. <laughs> I think it'd be so funny to film us, but we both we do turn up looking like well, especially me because you come to my home. I look like trash every time you're here. 
At least oh, I've got a freshly washed hair this time. I was going to say, I washed my hair this morning. <laughs> that usually turned up looking I, quite nice. I did nice. go to school assembly with wet hair, but I was like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I am clean. My, my child's arrived at school on time in uniform, in clean uniform. My other child is dressed. I was I'm like, fed. I'm winning. Yeah. Screw you guys, I'm winning. Yeah, no, winning at that. <laughs> Screw you guys! <laughs> I, like, I always turn to work looking put together and I'm like... Oh, did you know that I rocked up to the train station with no makeup on? <laughs> did you do it all on the train? Yeah. Yeah. And I was to eat on the train. I t- yeah. I, the commute, when I don't have a commute in which to do things on, I'm going to be kind of screwed. <laughs> I have to be like ready before I leave the house. When um, I worked at the place where I met our friend, mm. um, and for a while I lived in Luton, and my car broke down because I'm really good at getting good luck. Um, mm. So I had to start getting a bus in. And when I had the 7 a.m. Oh, start. such a shit bus commute as well. When to I had where the that, that workplace was. 7 a.m. start. You yeah, would have to get two buses, did you? Or I, one bus and a walk? I got off at the train station and walked. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So when I got off at. Um, when I had the 7 a.m. start, I had to get the bus at 5, the first bus of the day. Um, mm. um, my face is a grimace. Yeah, and. You can't um, see me. I used to take all my stuff and get ready to work. Yeah. I I lay my clothes out the night before. So, like, my morning routine is pretty much, like, get up, go for a week, clean my teeth, fall into clothes. Yeah. Maybe do something with my hair, but because I wear my natural curls almost every day, it's like, oh, I've got half of it up or something. Yeah. Um, And then I just sort of fall out of the door. (laughs) I pack my bag the night before. Like, it's... uh, It's worth the energy the night before. Yeah. I'm a night person, so... Uh, I'm, I'm much better doing it that way and then I do makeup on the train and I eat on the train perfect um, or some, sometimes I eat when I get to work depends how I'm feeling mm. most days I just buy food on the train station make Which it is rain a, yeah no it's not cheap it no. probably costs me between 7 and 10 pounds a day Per days I'm in person, which is three days a week. So that's kind of. Could you not just grab something at Tesco it would probably work out cheaper but we don't go past Tesco I I'm I'm, I'm Spoil. Mum drops me at the train station. Because <laughs> she not drop you at Tesco and then you grab some food and walk over. No, because that involves me leaving then. Earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Proceed. Yeah. I, would have to, I would have to be. <laughs> I understand. Somewhere 15 minutes before I needed to be there. And, and I'm not that person. <laughs> As we've established, you want it easy in the morning. Understandably. Yeah. Um, I've tried all sorts of things. Like I used to have like breakfast that I prep the night before and take with me, but then mm. I've got fucking. Tupperware to have in bags and like I live my whole life up that goddamn backpack that I take to work that I hate. No, I don't. I don't know. I just look at Dora the Explorer when I wear it. <laughs> I live my life out of bags. Um. Anyway, so you've been listening to what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was how we started our tangent. So my sleeping ones, as Zodiac Academy one and two. I probably already knew this, but mm. me right now is like. There's audiobooks of Zodiac Academy. And you've probably told me I have that you told you about to these. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like shocked Pikachu Because I complained right to you on the podcast, actually, about the narration. Because mm. they've given Roxy and Darcy quite sultry voices. Mm. Um, and I it, it, I didn't like that at first. Because it's quite kind of like... Because they're supposed to be like sexy and seductive, aren't they, I guess? Yeah. But um, uh, that I, I got over it, though. Although the boys' voices that she this, this narrator does, she does a good job... Uh, it's just one narrator. Yeah, mm. I think. Don't quote me on that. But there's just not, said that with confidence. There's not a a guy doing the guy's voices. I can't remember now. I've literally just listened to this. Was it on Audible? Yeah, 
Right, you describe it and I'll look it up. <laughs> um, so I've we've I've read the whole of the books before. So if you go into our reading update around September, October-ish, that's when I read all eight books in the series for the first time. I really loved them. I read them in the space of a week. <laughs> I wasn't doing well that week, I will say. That was that was my depression, depression read. Because <laughs> yeah, that's when I was cat-sitting and Letchworth and I had a house to myself and I booked a long weekend. You did and, the productive depression. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, I just sort of had, like isolation for a week and I was like you know what I'm just gonna get it all out <laughs> one day I'm gonna have isolation yeah just book yourself into a hotel and have a breakdown for a few yeah, days and then sure. I mean I could easily just go to a hotel in the same town I live in mm. like it doesn't even have to be yeah. fancy yeah mm. it's just what I do when I cat sit I sort of go feral for a few days just to really let it out my system the in-laws always say I'm welcome to just go stay there if I want mm. if but I then you're still observed life. yeah so I like when but you're in the space completely unobserved and you can be your best friend yourself. Me and it would be regular meals. Mm. Yeah. So I could go there and be a cat. Yeah. See, well, yeah, when I plan to have these like feral days, I obviously order out, but that's mm. expensive. <laughs> so anyway, and then I just, so I had, I literally could not think of something to use my, um, audible credit for. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just re-listen to, uh, Zodiac Academy. I quite enjoy them. Uh, to summarise, it's two lost princesses, kind of, <laughs> who um, are fae, but they don't know it, and they've been in the human world. They get discovered, brought to the fae world, uh, where they... But everyone's like, oh, you want to reclaim your throne? And they're like, nah, we just want our inheritance. And, and the magic. To learn how to control our magic. We don't care about the throne. In their absence as the lost heirs, the celestial council, which used to like rule under the king and queen... But their parents, the king and queen, were murdered and then the girls went missing. And that's when they're, they're rediscovered, when they're 19. The Celestial Council have raised their heirs to rule together. So these four boys were supposed to rule, they're called the Celestial Heirs. Uh, and the Celestial Heirs obviously view the, the girls as a challenge because they fucked up all the plans and they're under a lot of pressure from their parents to basically keep the throne. And so it's just all about the girls arrive and they're like, you fucked everything up. And the girls obviously don't know how to control their magic, and the heirs do, so the heirs are, like, trying to make them leave. So that's most of what happens through book one and two, is them trying to make the girls leave. Yeah, and just to um, specify, Tony referred to them as girls, but they are adults. Yeah, they're 19. They're at school, but they are adults. Yeah. So there is smutty scenes, but everyone the, is an adult. <laughs> abundantly consensual. Yeah, just There's, to throw it out there. They are really... The, the writers are very good at, about having explicit yes moments, mm. either in body language, in the narration, or allowed to... the Like, there's... Because she does... It's a bully romance, so there are points where, obviously, she has romances with her bully. But it's never coerced, and it's abundantly clear every time that yeah. this is something that the main characters wanted. But obviously one of them has a relationship with a teacher and that is again abundantly clear it's her choice and this teacher is only seven years older than her and there's like a really weird power dynamic mm. with them being heirs and all of this kind of stuff so because they are i don't think it's as cut and dry as a teacher and a no because she so. is magically more powerful than him not in the beginning she's because she doesn't know how to control her powers but the power dynamic swiftly shifts and the point at which they get together is the point at which where she's able, she's physically able to sort of 
beat the shit out of it with her magic. Yeah, and like high, uh, high hierarchical. Oh, hierarchy. hierarchy. She is uh, like above, above him, him as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the bully romance as well. That uh, he has the the bully has to do a lot. I still of, don't know which bully yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, like, how do really I know careful. That? Oh this long. He has to do a lot of work to earn her trust back. And even then, the first time they fuck, it's hate fucking. But it's explicitly he he's just. His narration is very much like, I'm just gonna see where this goes. I'm just gonna, yeah. Like, I find this girl hot. I'm just gonna try my, try shoot my shot. I've tried to make up for the bad things I did, sort of, but not really because I still want her throne. Uh, but, and <laughs> she's just like, oh, I fucking hate him, but he's hot. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> so he's very much like, you take the lead, what do you wanna do? But then, like, because she likes dominance, it's kind of like this whole power play thing. Okay. But all consensual. It's, it's all consensual and very explicitly consensual. And like, yeah. I just had to throw it out there in case you've not heard this series before and this is like the first time yeah. you've tuned into us. Yeah. They're all, you know, like 18, 19 and above, abundantly adults, <laughs> uh, with a weird power structures. So you are, how many have you listened to on audio? So I've listened to one and two, ah. but then, which is why I'm saying these can be grouped. Uh, I have read a couple of the novella books on Kindle Unlimited. So these I haven't read before. So I read The the Big Arse Party. (laughs) Um, So the... Is that from Seth's point of view? No. This isn't from Max and Geraldine's point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, because of the the arse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Geraldine is like the girl, becomes the girl's friend, but she is part of the... um, I had to look up what R stands for one second because I did it for my blog. Ascension? No. No. And it's not what you think because I had to go find it. Let me go find the blog post where I did, <laughs> I did my real research. Is that in one I haven't... Sorry, guys. One second. That's in a scheduled post. That's not out yet. Ah. View. Hold on. Are we theatre's not working? Almighty Sovereign Society. There we go. Thank you. So Geraldine doesn't realise that that spells arse. I like when they <laughs> and does not care. Out to her and she's she's like, like, "Oh, no you silly goose! No yeah. one thinks that." And she makes badges that say arse on them. She's very oblivious. She's so dense, bless her. Uh, and the girl's nineteenth birthday happens after some quite like deep shit has gone down. It occurs about the fifth book. So the best oh, well, spoiler three way I can do this. Basically, something bad happens to both of the girls' love interests, like big bad, but in different ways. But they're both hurting and they could not give a fuck about their birthdays. Their birthdays have always sucked because in the human world they were poor. So they're like orphans as well, Yeah, they were in the system and um, were passed around a lot of different foster homes until they aged out. So they don't care about their birthdays. They're just like, couldn't give a shit, don't want to have a big party. And Geraldine's like, oh yeah, no, we're just going to go for a dinner. Is 19 a big age in the the world or not? No, no. no. But this is the point where the the relationship with the heir starts to change and especially the one, the bully romance love interest. Mm -hmm. He is trying to like... I love how careful you are, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He is trying to redeem himself and there's a point before this where these boys, as part of this trying to redeem themselves, they go to the human world to beat up... um, Tori's ex okay because Tori's ex did something with that's you know the the, the one that I was the, like oh <laughs> the, 
that I roll. <laughs> um, Tori's ex that nearly drowned her, basically. <laughs> so they go to the human world to beat him up. And in the process, they're like, oh, it'd be really funny to go to their old flat, take some of their stuff and bring it back to them. So we can be like, oh, we was here, take pictures. And then they get to their flat and it's dilapidated. And it's and all four heirs are just like, oh, this is their life. Oh, we are terrible people. Like, like so much of how the girls behave when they first arrive in the academy suddenly makes a lot of sense to the boys and they feel like some real shame and I guess um, trashing all their belongings when they can see they don't have many belongings well now like you know where her clothes get burned and she loses all that money they suddenly understand why that was so upsetting yeah why it was like the food and everything such a big deal to them and it like it really makes them check their privilege a little bit as well because they're just they're so ashamed of their behaviour so this is also part of the redemption arc (laughs) So does that happen in the main book or just in another book? In the main book. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this happens in four or five, I can't remember, because this novella is set midway through fifth, I think. Okay. So the heirs have just realised the kind of lives the girls have led, so it's just part of why they were like, oh, we want to give them a nice birthday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So they they are originally trying to plan something, but it's a bit shit and lacklustre, and Geraldine, Geraldine <laughs> finds out, and Geraldine's like, nope, this isn't good enough this for my queens. This can't be good enough, yeah. You've ruined all my plans, because they were going to, like, they were, were planning to get the girls to I their little... Geraldine. <laughs> the, the heirs were, like, going to get the girls to come to their little party, and she's like, no, you've ruined all my plans, because I've told them to come here at this time for my party, like, so Geraldine's, like, just walks all over the heirs, considering she's not royal and not above them in power rank, they're just a bit baffled, but kind of go along with it. Oh. <laughs> I love her. Because <laughs> she's just like you slippery codfish. Like, <laughs> um, and it switches between Geraldine and Max's point of view. Max is the heir that is a siren, has, turns into like a half merman thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't tell you why it switches their point of views. But anyway, it's from Max and Geraldine's point of view pri- primarily, I think. I, don't, I think it does switch to a couple of Darius's and maybe Seth's. Maybe I think it does, but it's mostly Max and Geraldine. Uh, and it's like literally Geraldine forces the girls to this big party and then everyone's waiting cloaked by the airs in the room and the girls are going, oh, I'm so glad you did something small. Couldn't think of anything worse than a big party right now, especially with it. Oh, I like, don't want to see the airs. Like, it's so nice that it's just us. And then, and then they just like let the cloaking spell fall and it's just a room full of people looking at them. Oh, <laughs> no, the girls pretend that they're like, oh my God, got you. Yeah. Like all this. Yeah. <laughs> we had you. <laughs> we totally knew. It's just, it's a cute little side story. You know, if you, if you like the books, you'll like this. And it's there's a few little spin-off novellas. Isn't yeah, there? and um, this novella gives an insight to like a, a romance of the side characters that happens halfway through. That you're like, how the fuck did that happen? Ah, oh, so like characters okay. you don't expect to get together have gotten together throughout the series, and then this this novella sort of covers how that happened, when and how, um, so from their points say- of view. Or would you say it's good to read these novellas like in between the main series? Yeah, or I think there's guides the somewhere. I think you could read them at the end. Yeah. Or at that around. Like, do, you, do you have a, a preference on how you think you should do it? Or mm. either or? I think because I think this was written retrospectively from mm. when the the authors were writing like six, seven. Yeah. I think you can see that undertone. Even though, like, they're not doing any spoilers for yeah. later books, I think you can see the undertone of where they're looking back. Okay. So I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. Like, you there are no spoilers. Either way, it's no. just whatever you fancy. And then I also read 
the awakening to the first book, but the one that's told from the point of view of the boys. So the awakening as told by the boys. Five hundred pages. So it's not Gosh. like a it's not a short novella. It's basically another book. Yeah. It's, it's all the events from the first book retold, pretty much. Like um, Midnight Sun. Yeah, but better done, I think. I've not read Midnight Sun yet. Really. <laughs> I haven't read it either, but I'm just making an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think everyone should read that if they like the books. Yeah. They need to wait. I think they should wait until they're towards the end of the series before they read it. I was going to say, should you? I don't it? think you should read The Awakening, like the girls' version, and then go back to the boys' What's version. What's it called? Uh, it's literally called The Awakening as Told by the Boys. Oh, what's this origin? Zodiac Academy 1.5. Oh, yeah, I see it. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I got it. Um, I don't think you should do it back to back because my reasoning for that is this book is obviously the boys at the beginning of their arc. Rick, they, they, by the end of the books, they develop a lot. Yeah. I was like, be careful of your dream. I know, I just seen I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, by the end of book seven, they've gone on this whole journey of, like, they, they check in their privilege a little bit. They're trying to break free of what their parents have tried to make them become. This whole idea of, like, Faye need to be ruthless and harsh, and that's how you rule. And then these girls have managed to earn respect and th- get earn their right to their, hi- their place they are in the hierarchy mm. without being ruthless without being cruel with being friends with lower orders and lower magic people whereas the heirs have always been taught to walk all over and the girls just absolutely refuse to do that because they know what it's like to be bottom rung yeah and the girls don't really care about like um something in their eyes foolish as like your status they just care about like people they can trust yeah don't they so and then obviously the heirs have seen them almost gain respect without having to behave the way they've been taught you must behave to rule and not leaning on i'm a yeah i'm an heir not using their powers to hurt people to control people to oppress people but genuinely just using them their their respect for them yeah and loyalty for them as people and i think you see the boys progress and I reckon if you were to read The Awakening back to back and the one told by the boys, there's context that you get for the boys later on of like why they behave the way they do in the first couple books that is part of how the relationship between the girls and the heirs change. And I think this book gives you too much sympathy for the heirs in the beginning. You would miss that journey. Uh-huh. Because this gives a lot of context to the way they behave. Mm-hmm. and justifies a lot of their behaviour which I think you need to go on that journey through the books where you like you start to come to terms with like oh shit they're, you know they're not terrible people they were doing what they thought they should do they're doing what their parents told them to do um, and like you start to learn like how Darius's dad treats him and like the pressure the other yeah, heirs are I've under I've only read the first book and by the end of that I would happily kill them all mm. so I mean <laughs> I think throughout the books by about book five you're like oh I get it like, and I think you need to go on that journey. And if you read this, this gives you way too much sympathy for the heirs. Because mm-hmm. they are horrible and they need to go on their redemption arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you shouldn't sympathise with them. Because you don't start to learn, really, until book three or four, like, what they're going through with their parents and stuff. Especially Darius. Okay. Which is, like, he's the big bad dragon bully. I was going to say, he's laying on the gold. Yeah. I'll never forget <laughs> that part. <laughs> which is, like, are you a pirate? And he's like, No. When I read them, I'm going to reread The Awakening mm-hmm. and do them all. I kind of want to have them all. 
there aren't oh, Kindle Unlimited. No, like I want the physical copies, but they're all they're very so expensive. expensive. Yeah, I've got book one that's a Christmas yeah. present. They're um, like 17, 18 quid. I mean, that's not expensive for other countries, I'm aware. Yeah, but, but it's expensive for, us, for the UK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I really want the whole set there's as well. A, there's a booktuber who's in Canada and she was talking about um, there was a hard, a hardback book um, it was only about a 200 page book and it was like $40 yeah, and she it. said even that's too much for me she said they're normally about $35 uh-huh. and I was like $35 in, in Canada and Australia sure. and New Zealand they are like oh my god it's crazy oh. even America is like way more expensive and, than us and um, Brazil is very expensive mm. as well it's just not possible I don't, why is it so much cheaper in the UK is it just because British people wouldn't pay that or what um, maybe because we make them all in house yeah they're printed here we have like the most like vintage <laughs> like yeah. publishers and also I think yeah perhaps, the big five publishers all started in the UK yeah. didn't they and also perhaps our capitalism isn't such a C-U-N-T as yeah. other countries well it's starting yeah. to go that way but yeah yeah we're getting there don't worry yeah we're catching up yeah <laughs> no one can fucking eat but we can buy books yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah and um but it's really, it's really nice to go back and read it, and like, especially as, like, the really terrible things that Darius especially does, mm-hmm. where you get to see scenes that happened directly before that with his parents, and what happens to Darius that, to prompt that behaviour, that later you understand why he might change. I please do not confirm or deny. I assume he is the bully. Because there's like that little bit where he's nice helping. Is it Tori? Tori. Get her parcel. yeah parcels. Yeah. Yeah. There's like those little snips which. Makes so yeah, me think. you get the scene directly before that of why he was like, "Fuck that! I'm going to be nice right now." Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you get a lot of the context because like, it is a little bit out of character at that point. Yeah. For him, you get the you get the context, mm. and it's really having seen how they they like the character. Because you get the characters' points of view in the other books. So you see all the heirs' points of view, mm-hmm. as well as the girls, in from about book two onwards. But it really starts, you switch all the time from book three onwards. Okay. So it's really clever how they had to roll back their character progression. Because the end of the books, they're very different people than they are at the start. And mm-hmm. I thought it was quite clever how these authors managed. Because they never wrote, obviously, there's no POVs from the boys' point of view in the first book at all. So they never wrote that. Yeah, it's just by by book two they've already started to change. So I think how they write them is each author does one of the Mm. sisters, and then I think they have set Mm. boys that they write Mm. for as well, which I think is really cool. Yeah, they are quite distinct. Like you can tell who's narrating, even if Mm. it didn't say explicitly. I always find it sometimes with the twins not as easy, but they're meant to be quite similar. Yeah, that's the hard point. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I read, it was very sort of Zodiac Academy themed. Um, yeah, so we can move on to one of those because that's four of mine. Go on. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to do a fun one and then yeah. I'll do all the depression station ones. Cool. End on a positive. <laughs> or should I end on the fun one? No, we did fun with it. Legends and Lattes. Mm-hmm. I really want to read this or listen to it. I listened to it as an audio. It was great. I want a physical copy to love forever. Yeah. I mean, everyone says it's a cosy fantasy and it is. It's just wonderful. I feel like it's one of the ones that sparked this new genre as well. It's definitely one of the, the most well-known. Yeah. 
Because cosy fantasy has become like a, a new term recently, hasn't it? Yeah, I think like um, books that have already come out have now been given that yeah. thing. Because I, I would say yeah. that Legends of Lattes really was the one that pushed that. So Legends of Lattes is by Travis Baldry, who is a audiobook narrator. So he narrates it. Um, obviously, it's fantastic because he's a Oh, that's so cool. It's actually um, a series. So he's released no no coming out this year is a prequel and there's a book two coming out as well i don't oh, know when cool. that comes out though. he's making it a series now yeah mm. so this is basically um a D inspired world and it's just uh, i can't remember what the tagline was it's something like high fantasy low stakes and that is a very okay. good description for it um so Legends and Lattes follows a orc barbarian. She's had a dream of leaving her fighting ways and opening up um, a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. She tries um, coffee in a town. I can't remember. I can't remember. I think it might be Gnomes or something that the coffee shop it's like run by gnomes i okay. think it's gnomes i'm not 100 sure but so she's been saving up all of her money from all of her adventures because obviously her and her friends uh her and her group of fighters are like hired mm. like in D D. um so she's been saving up all of her money and she's been working on finding the perfect place so she's picked out this particular town there is a reason which i won't spoil because it's part yeah. of the story and she finds an old uh, livery and she sets it up as a coffee shop. And it's really... I can see how this would annoy some people. But if you're willing to just enjoy it, mm. then it's wonderful. It's really cute. So she sets up a coffee shop. Everyone in the town is like, what is this? It's never going to work. You're an orc. You're scary. Blah, blah, mm. blah. And then she hires just really sweet people. So she finds like this really sweet builder to help her build it um and then there's a succubus who she hires and succubus is someone who's like desperate to like to be known as a person rather than just being a yeah. succubus and they make friends Ooh. and a little bit of a love story uh so it's sapphic oh that was so gay of me <laughs> um, <laughs> she did the little the hand thing you just acted it out <laughs> And then, like, they design, like, when she starts there, she knows about normal coffee and lattes because that's mm. what they sold at this, I think it's Gnome, I'm going with Gnome, the establishment she went to before. Yeah. But then, like, her and the succubus come up with, like, an iced latte. <laughs> and then they hire a little mouse who was that image I showed you earlier. Yeah. Then, he's a baker. And then he designs a cinnamon roll. And it's, like... <laughs> It's really cute. Cozy. Some people would find that ridiculous because it's then mm. like discovering stuff that we already have. Yeah. But it's lovely. Yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> Every character is wonderful. Um, I loved it. It was just really cute. And like the biggest stakes of it all is that like the local like gang have mm. said they've got, she's got to pay protection money basically. <laughs> and she's like, I'm an orc with a sword. Fuck off, basically. <laughs> I used to be one of you. They go away. Yeah. I'm a mercenary. Fuck um, off. And there's like someone from her past 
who comes to cause some little trouble, but it's never really... Even when the trouble gets bad, it's never really... That high stakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's just so wonderful. Yeah, I loved it. And um, I looked up and the the other book that's coming out this year is like the prequel and it's her when she's on one of her adventures or something okay. like that. Or when she first finds a coffee shop or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 out of 10, recommend and very much recommend the audio book. Yeah. Oh, that, you have to use a credit for that one though. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> um, Shall I do one of my depressing ones? Yeah. Okay. I've got two more. Okay, cool. I've got three, and one one of them's a novella, so I'll quickly go through. Mm. I read "You Made a Fool of Death of Your Beauty" by Akwaki Mezzi. Okay. So I asked in the group. I'm doing the twelve. Mm. Twelve recommendations in twelve months. Yeah, twelve in twelve. Um, and this was recommended to me by Katrina. So thank you, Katrina. Um, you broke my heart. Thank, yeah, thank you. you for the heartbreak. <laughs> she said to me do you want one that's going to break your heart one that's going to make you feel happy or one that's other girls and I was like give me the one that will break my heart every time (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I've yet to read an Aquakey Mezzi that I don't absolutely love so this follows Faye and she has recently I think it's within like two years of the book starting lost her husband okay who was her childhood sweetheart and she assumed she would be with forever and it's about her deciding it's time to live again Mm. um she starts trying to let people she has a best friend but called joy which i love Mm. because she's she's a bit of a not happy person (laughs) um and joy's been like pressuring her to maybe uh not find love but um go out out and call people Mm. like and so she, uh, at the very beginning, she meets someone at a party and she decides she's going to sleep with him and they sleep, they get it, like they screw in the bathroom at the club they're at or whatever. Mm. And that's literally the opening scene. And then, <laughs> and then it's about her realising that she can open her heart again to love. But she falls in love with the with someone she can't fall in love with. Okay. And it's all very sad. Angsty sad or Angsty. Yeah. Sad. Kind of a little bit of heart well, no, very heartfelt and a bit of um things can get better. Oh, like a little bit of uh, Life is worth living. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, because she like meets a character and he's he lost his mum and then she makes friends with his dad so she talks to him a lot about losing the Mm. love of your life and it's all very they all have very honest relationships about grief what's going on with all this grief stuff um and at the same time she um so this guy that she meets and starts chatting to um he puts her forward she's an artist Faye mm. and he puts her forward to um be in this show so she goes with him to stay in his dad's villa on like this island where the show's happening yeah and she gets to live like 
very wealthy because they're very wealthy. So yeah. and she says like beaches and the, yeah. and it's kind of like wonderful. But all of her art is about grief and about losing her yeah. husband and yeah, very Aww, very good. That's good but sad. Yeah, good but sad. Sums it up. Gotcha. Your turn. <laughs> squeak, 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 last reading update but i've got how i've summarized red rising on my blog so i can do that concisely because that's not my strong suit you know um i asked you if you listened to mm. the graphic audio version the graphic audio version isn't out yet but then mate they are oh, recording okay. graphic audio version. they've taken the third book in the trilogy off of the included library mm. and i have to use a credit to listen to it yeah probably because the new one's coming out but the first so. two are still in the included library and yeah, they want to get you in I was going to listen to it the other day at work because my credit day was the 23rd. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to listen to it before the 23rd and I was like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really like, I had some monotonous tasks to do at work and I was like, I just want to listen to a good audio. Do you know what I just spent my credit on? What? Uh, Paris Hilton's memoir, narrated by Paris Hilton. Do you know what? I reckon that'd be quite good actually. I love her. Like, no shame. I've no. always loved her. I think she's the brilliant. way she talks now on social media, especially with what she's like saying about what she went through back in the day. Yeah, and and it's like you've been done such a disservice by the media. Yeah, and like when she was, this is just gonna be a little bit mm. of a parasite and stand moment. When she was doing like the simple life and all that, mm. I watched this thing that was about how she um, uses the tone of her voice and stuff to make herself sound stupid so that people underestimate mm-hmm. her and then i started noticing it in her career and she is you can amazing see, she almost is the paris persona and you can you can tell interviews where she's being paris and interviews where she's being like herself even yeah though it's still the same name yeah but you like that persona you can see when she's putting it on and when she's not yeah i'm so excited um, when uh it only came out like last week and when i saw that she narrated it i was like i have to have yeah that. I that's probably it. quite good actually Sorry, that was just my little stand um, moment. Especially where she went to that troubled teen industry and what she's doing for that. Yeah. Um, she's, like, taking it down. Good. Um, okay, so this is how I summarise what the series is about. Okay. So they're set in a dystopian future where humans have colonised the other planets and are divided in a strict class hierarchy by their colours, with golds at the tops through to a slave race of reds at the bottom. So when I say golden reds, I mean as in golden people with gold, like golden tan skin and golden hair and like they are physically different. So the golds are tall, muscly, strong. They've been bred that way. So it's it's been eugenics over several generations. Are they like shiny gold? Like do they do they like glitter or are they just like gold? As in gold, you like sort of golden tanned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So you know what I mean? Like they're not like twilight vampire no no as in like they're rich people for the golden town all times but that's just like their skin tone yeah and golden hair and golden amber eyes kind of thing like they've been bred to look above and then reds have like red hair and like the ones who've been living sort of deep in the mines have started to develop red eyes because obviously they do better in the like in the mines and tunnels and yeah this is making me think about the edge chronicles and now i really want to reread it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you wanted to body read, read them with me. And now I've got them. You need to hurry up. Um, she says, <laughs> even though she also has hundreds of books. So Darrow is our main character. Um, he's saved by the rebel army after he and his wife are hung, hung for breaking the really strict rules they lived under as Reds. And then he go undergoes like really dangerous surgeries to essentially turn him into a gold, which essentially involves like change. It, like it's his nervous system has to be replaced. All his bones have to be replaced. Like his synapses have to be replaced. Like. All sorts of it's like is he even the same person? Well, this is the dilemma he goes through. This personal dilemma of like, who even am I? It's like that um, riddle, isn't it, that um, about mm. the boat? So that's like kind of the premise of the books. And first book is like following Darrow going through these surgeries and then entering the academy that they train the golds in, and him kind of coming to terms with the golds aren't evil. They're literally indoctrinated into the system the same way as the Reds are. Because when he's a red and he sees a gold, he's like, oh, that's a god. Like, I, no wonder they, they rule us. Look at them. Look, he's beautiful. And then he becomes a gold and he infiltrates the gold. And he's like, oh, these are just humans. Yeah. Like, I'm we, not anything better. Just no, we're not anything gold. better or worse. My limbs are longer or whatever. And his narration goes from, like, my gold body can do all this to, like, because I'm a red, I can do this and because of this and that. And, and then he really, he goes, he starts to do quite a dark place where, like, I want revenge. And then other characters that he ends up having quite deep relationships with golds. And those people are the ones that bring him back from that and help him see like he is going to a sort of tyrannical extreme, mm-hmm. which is what he's trying to stop. Yeah. Uh, and like the ending of the first book is really fucking good. And then so the second book follows a few years after the Academy, he has... Uh, signed up to work for the household of the governor of Mars, who is the person who hung his wife mm-hmm. and him. Mm-hmm. But obviously he doesn't know that. Um, and he has chosen to break some of the relationships he formed during the academy and the people that are loyal to him for who he is as a person in favour of gaining power, which he could do through this governor. Uh, and then basically one, they do these mock wars in space. Mm-hmm. And as part of the training the academy to sort of prove themselves. So this is like, they don't all, not all golds have to do this, but he's gone on to do that because it could give him more power. Mm-hmm. And it, he does, has he has to command fake armies and fake ships and stuff. So it's like showing that he can do warfare. Okay. And basically it goes really fucking wrong. And a another ruling family, like one of the, another main golds, he works for some big hotshit gold. One of the other hotshit golds beats him. Okay. at the last second and he is prevented from doing because he does that quite extreme left field stuff to win that the golds don't, don't like thinking outside the box yeah and he literally in order to save the day he's about to do something quite extreme to think outside the box to fix his loss and they literally like disable his ship remotely to stop him doing it like okay. so there's like a certain amount of preference happening so he would have one potentially like a lot of his weird little schemes always work yeah he had a chance to win so then he starts to think like okay that's a bit weird and this is where the conversation not the governor the 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 top lady the lady at the top of the golds is showing preference and he's like "Mm, well they're not supposed to do that because their whole premise is like survivor of the fittest like their whole thing is like they literally murdered hundreds of gold children like in in the lead up to the ones who end up living and ruling, 
like throughout their lives i think it's something like they allow about 70 percent of gold children to die so they treat their own children like shit because it's survival of the fittest so only the strongest keeps surviving and keeps them as the ruling class um and he's starting to be like okay but then they're showing nepotism and favoritism and they're not supposed to that's like, that's against their whole philosophy as golds by the head head lady favoring the family and disabling his ship in order to stop him from winning yeah then because he fails so spectacularly and then after that he gets beaten up by this opposing family as well which is like fully against the rules but they televise it and broadcast it and he has lost all authority so the guy who bought his contract chooses to sell her chooses to sell his contract and he's like well I'm fucked yeah like I'm treated all that power I built I'm fucked it's gone um, and he's like, I don't know what to do. And the rebel army convince him to do something quite drastic that would end his life. Oh. But, like, a big, big thing. Yeah. But he doesn't know the rebel army's been split into factions, and he's with the shit faction. The shit faction are the ones who've got it back in touch, oh. and he doesn't know that. Okay, okay. And he's been playing the long game of, like, how do I destabilise them, the society from within? Yeah. And... So he's about to do the big the, the big moment and he's like, wait, I know this top lady. I can't remember what word they use for her. Anyway, he's like, I know this top lady is playing favourites and she's trying to force a certain outcome in favour of one family. So he's like, the only way to destabilise the golds from within would be civil war. To start infighting. This is how we break the system as we start infighting. So he has this whole moment of realisation. So at this really big event, which is where he was supposed to do the big bad, he then decides to just start a civil war between the families. As you do. <laughs> and like, but this is the thing, he's like, this is why he's been picked for this, because he's really yeah. good at this shit. And so it's all about the fallout from that decision. And like Darrow goes on this whole journey of like, he's been putting distance between himself and his friends because he thought, he's, he knows he's lying to them. And he can't get past like he love is someone he falls in love with, and he's like he can't get past the fact he's lying to her about everything. Yeah, because if they trust him and he's lying, mm. like they they yeah. get they're literally giving their lives up for him. So yeah. like there's battles that happen, and he loses a lot of friends in that battle, and he's just like I'm asking them to die for me, and they don't even know what they're dying for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he starts to sort of he starts to trust his friends again. And starts to trust them, some of them, with his secret, and it's kind of all about the fallout from that. Mm. But it's him kind of realizing, like, we're humans; we need people. I need people I trust and love. I need loyalty and love. Yeah. So like, it's it's all about politics and like this whole like hierarchy system and taking down tyrants and stuff. But it's also about like humanity. It's really well written. Mm. Because it's a lot of times it's Darrow realizing it's like all about humanity, and he needs people. He needs love. He can't do it by himself. He can't yeah. be an island. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then it ends on like a massive cliffhanger. Like Katniss's realisation. Yeah. Sorry, I've got Hunger Games on my brain. Yeah, it's been doing rounds on TikTok, hasn't it? Everyone's rereading it in preparation mm. for the new film coming out. It's making me really want to reread it as well. Yeah. I'm trying for this. So yeah, that's that was gone. The ending so, such a cliffhanger, which I'm is really why I'm going to use a credit for the third series. one. Yeah. Like, it's a really good listen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good listen, and it really it. makes you think about things, and like, oh, it's good. I wonder if I could get in my library. <laughs> um, uh, shall I do... 
I think I've got, I miscounted, because I've got a shit, not a shit, a short sort of tacky fantasy yeah, go on. thing that I listened to, and then a short tacky fantasy I read. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So, the two minis. So, I read on Kindle, A Court of Sugar and Spice, Wicked Darlings 1 by Rebecca F. Kenny. I've realised I've called her Kennedy in a few different episodes before. It's Kenny. <laughs> Oh, what's that one? Is it L Kennedy? That that. Yeah, I think I got mixed up between she does the, the indies we've mentioned. The deal, I think. Yeah. Um, you got two sisters. They their dad dies, and they go to stay with their godfather, who has weird inventions that are like automatons made out of wood, and they're like, mm, "This is sus." And then when one of the girls accidentally breaks one of the dolls and tries to repair it, and gets a bit of her blood on from a wood splinter on the doll. The doll comes to life, and they realise that these are fae people trapped in bod- uh, these wooden automaton bodies, being controlled by their godfather. And it turns out the god- does he know? Yeah, the, godfa- <gasps> the godfather's done this. Gasp! He's done like spells to make them that way. <gasps> and the person that she does this to is like a prince of fae. Of course. Is he like small size or is he human size? He is small size when he's in doll form. Okay. Human size when he is okay, in human acceptable. form. And, like, basically he's been cursed by their godfather and he's desperate to get back to the Fey realm because his, like, the other court, the Unseely court, I know you hate this, <laughs> the Unseely court will have invaded his lands because he, he was supposed to be coronated before he went missing. So then his power with the land hasn't been fully, like, whatevered. Um, so he's, like, desperate to get back. So the sisters choose to help him. They go to the Fey realm. Uh, they meet his cousin there who is like a candy sure fairy okay um so he's like he when he like makes he can conjure things he conjure weapons that are like made out of candy canes that are pointy oh god that's awesome. <laughs> wait was this the audio or the kindle? i read the okay, okay. kindle unlimited this one um <laughs> it's a good fun read it's if you don't take it too seriously <laughs> It's a nice, enjoyable book. The guy, the candy guy, his cum tastes different flavours. And it tastes of candy. So it tastes like vanilla and stuff. It's what every man claims. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean... And, like, if you could ask for a different flavour... You would, wouldn't wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And you can, Wait, does it change flavour? Yeah, it can change flavours each time. And there's like this whole deep backstory of obviously he was quite popular because of this at one point. And he's I like, like I don't want that anymore, I just want swamp person. I don't person. want to be known for the candy cup. <laughs> He'll get used. For my... <laughs> um, uh, and this is a series, you say? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the other books in the series follow the same characters or different characters because it's like it's a happily ever after kind of ending um (laughs) there's one bit where they get like some of the characters one of the characters gets trapped with the candy guy and like they're literally in like the dungeon and they just pass the time by like having sex repeatedly (laughs) (laughs) they like haven't washed in weeks but they're just there like vanilla cum like (laughs) Um, I mean, if you haven't washed, you would not want your mouth nibbed off. So, like, no yeah, they're, in the, they're in the dungeon for like a week, just shagging repeatedly. 
Oh, it's a waste past the time, I guess. Yeah. But like, I'm just thinking bodily odors. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a fun, silly book. The romances are cute. Don't think too much into the. Yeah, it's an enjoyable. Re- the cleaning. The, the beginning's a bit slow, but then it got enjoyable later. Oh, that sounds fun. Do you want my other? Because then we're done with mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, we can group my my yeah. two that are about dead parents. Yeah. Cool. cool. We'll, we'll group my <laughs> shitty fantasy. Not, not that I was um, just reading about <laughs> dead parents this month. <laughs> okay, so I listened to Flicker and Fame, Flame, Magic Bound One by Willow Hayes. Mm. It is on the Audible Included Library. That's part of I was doing the monotonous task at work this week, and I was like, just needed a good, easy audio, Audible. I wonder if I always want to say audible. Uh, that's how I always audible. say it, audible. And oh, then maybe I've like, got it from audible. you. Yeah, probably. Because um, that's the only way I could say it for so long. <laughs> and I was like, no, it is audible. And now, now I've taught myself to say it properly. Um, so maybe I'll just read the uh, story Synopsis. graph description. Kenna is a human in a magic biased world, but a nightclub, that, but a night at the club changes everything. There she meets four sexy strangers who unbind the magic she never knew she had. Now she needs their help to train her wild, unpredictable magic and to find the truth of who she really is before someone she loves gets hurt. She is tormented by the events in her past and the secret she has guarded for so long threatens to destroy everything. It was advertised on Audible as a reverse harem romance. No, not a wife choose like a full-on reverse, reverse harem as in she can just have all of them. She couldn't just. She could. Yeah, why choose? Yeah. Yeah, people don't like the term. Well, no. Not, not we... people. Um, it, it's recommended not to use the term. Oh, okay. Reverse I didn't harem know they anymore. were the same thing. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Yeah, because harem has oh, connotations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's a why choose then. Yeah. <laughs> um. Audible, you need to update your description. Yeah, come on, Audible. Get with the TikTok. <laughs> Keep it the time. Um. Basically, because she's royal. And she dances with these four fae guys in a club. It kind of marks them as her chosen, which is like her chosen guards, and they get a little royal brand on them. And they're like just fine with being the chosen. You're laughing. You can't see the joy on my face (laughs) from this description. So she's like, she grinds on some fae men and it unlocks her magic, and they become her chosen warriors. I'm sorry, but who wouldn't love that? Yeah. And then she has to move, there's like four hot warrior dudes. She has to move in with them for her safety. (laughs) And then she has these terrible nightmares from her past that plague her, and obviously they help her, they come sleep with her to help with the nightmares. Of course. Of course. She has, so she was as the lost princess was put into the system in the foster system some quite terrible things happened to her in the foster system there are trigger warnings for uh sa in childhood for this book because that's her dark past that she's trying to get past and she's convinced that if these four men find out about it they'll think she's like a horrible person and then like, the, the thing that only makes sense in books because yeah come on yeah. I mean, she's convinced they'll like leave, abandon her. If they are find they out. marked? Can't they? Yeah, they, they can't stuck? abandon her. Like, <laughs> yeah, physically, cannot magically. Yeah. <laughs> they cannot abandon her. This is the best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she can't leave you. This is why we love fated mates. <laughs> yeah, she. They can't leave. They're stuck with you. Call out. <laughs> um. <laughs> so she like basically that 
past trauma is obviously preventing her from being able to control her magic because, of course. And like someone, one of her, <laughs> fo- one of her foster sisters dies, and she blames herself. So then, when like her, her friend is getting threatened because like people have threatened, like because she's obviously gonna, if she's royal, she's the lost princess. She could obviously take the throne. Um, Sounds and reminiscent of other stories. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's fine. We love it. We yeah. love it. So it's like she's getting threatened, and like her people she loves are getting threatened. Like her fan family is getting threatened. And it's bringing up memories of this foster sister that she blames herself for and all this kind of stuff. So they tried to get deep with it. <laughs> the attempt was there. I signed up for smut and got plot and was most upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> because there are no sex scenes. There is like things happen. There are smutty scenes, but there are no sex scenes. It's not it's not what you want. No. There is no more than one man in a sex scene with her happening then why did they have so many men yeah why is it listed as why choose like why yeah why indeed why (laughs) when it's like she's not choosing anybody (laughs) what is going on like there's lots of like they do other stuff and there's lots of moments like someone walks in while they're doing other stuff and is like don't stop on my account and then that so don't know if there's going to be more in like the second book it one one point five speed. It was a seven hour listen, so mm. I'll probably if the others are in the included library, I'll probably all listen. Yeah, to you'll them. probably do like, anyway. It was yeah. It, I it, don't really, I don't regret. It was perfect whilst you were doing your job. I literally listened to it <laughs> all of Wednesday this week, <laughs> and then finished it Thursday afternoon. Perfect. Yeah. That's Sounds it. That's fun. me done. These get so long when I actually read. <laughs> so on a uh, somewhat depressing note, let's do, do my last two. <laughs> so um, firstly, I read Catfish Rolling by Clara Kamagi, which I did a whole read-along on TikTok. So yeah. if you go to my collections, I have a collection for the public that you can see there, which has all of my videos in it. Mm. Because I can't do playlists yet, TikTok... <laughs> What, what, what? How many followers do you have to get before you can do playlists? There's no, there's no specific anything. You just get it with an update at some point, and I've just not got it. Ooh, I've so, seen really small accounts with yeah, playlists. Some people still don't have like stories and stuff. They just roll. Oh Weird. yeah, on Instagram, I think it's lazy book lovers have notes, but I don't have that on my. Instagram. I have notes on mine. I don't have it. Do you not? No. Weird. I know. It's because obviously I have four different accounts. Yeah, and I see it really annoys me when one account gets it and another account doesn't. Then you can you can see the out the differences as yeah. well, like where they're rolling out stuff to certain accounts, and I'm like, especially like, so we've got my personal one which I hardly use, my writing one, the book lovers one, and then the one I made for the pets that I don't use at all anymore, mm. and like you can hold <laughs> all four because I'm different levels of active on diff- all accounts. Yeah, it's all got different permissions. Well, like on YouTube, they're they're rolling out. You can have a tag for your name, yeah. Instead of having to have, instead of having to have the CG, blah blah blah, blah, blah you can set a tag name. And um, my partner's one got it before me. The one I made for him for work, which has never had anything uploaded to it, yeah. And I haven't got it yet. And I was like, what? That's I know I've only put up two YouTube videos, but I should get it before you because yeah. I actually oh. anyway. 
So, Catfish Rolling by <laughs> Clara Kamaki. I did this as a tandem collective read-along. It's really fun. Um, so, this follows. It's kind of like um, Magical Realism. It's a debut as well by okay. her own voices debut. I like Magical Realism. So, it's Magical Realism um, meets Japanese mythology. Oh, okay. So, it follows uh, a young girl, Sora, who has a... Canadian dad and a Japanese Mm mum and the author has a Canadian dad and a Japanese mum so it's extremely own voices Mm -hmm. Um, and it follows they're in Japan they live in Canada and they're in Japan visiting her mum's family and then there's a big earthquake um, and uh, loads of people uh, die from it and she loses her mum because depression station um <laughs> but at the same time it also destroys how time works across japan okay so there's zones where time runs differently so it either runs faster or slower interesting and there's areas where people just can't go into them because the time is so fragmented so they're like completely off limits to people and she discovers that well this happens, her her and her dad have gone to the grocery store for her mum. This happens and her mum is at the the grandparents' house and that's in a zone, so everyone mm. in that zone disappears mm. when this happens. So her dad, who is a scientist, decides to for them to stay in Japan so that he can investigate research yeah. and investigate this phenomenon. So this is based I think it's like six years later. Okay. Um and people still don't know what's caused it. They don't know anything about it. They just know there's zones that are off limits and yeah. time moves differently there and no one's allowed there. Um, and then her dad's still researching it. Um, at the beginning, it's kind of unknown whether he is meant, if, if he's like kind of authorised to research it or if he's just kind of going okay. rogue <laughs> because a lot of the government research on it got shut down because it's been so long and they realised mm. they couldn't make money from it so it wasn't yeah. worth researching anymore um, and um, Sora like she goes into these areas even though she's obviously not meant to and she's actually um, started making money by taking tourists they pay her and she takes okay. them through these zones like some of the the zones the deeper ones no one goes into um and she at some point she goes to like the nearest big town and they actually have set up some of the zones as tourist places yeah so you pay and you go into like the fast zone or you yeah. pay and go into the slow zone it's really interesting it's like people go into the slow zone where time moves slower and they pay to go in there so that they can like do homework or work or um like a lot of japanese businessmen they pay to go in there for an hour our time to sleep on their lunch break so they're actually getting like four hours i was just thinking i would sleep there (laughs) yeah so there's all these way the ways that people started trying to like use these zones. Mm. There's like one, the fast zone has like a coffee shop in there, and you have to drink your coffee really quick because it gets mm. cold. But but then it also raises the question of like you're losing that time. Like yeah. people want to go in the fast zone, but you're losing time. Mm. And 
Sora's determined. Sora's convinced that she'll find her mum in one of the zones as well. So that's one of the reasons she takes Taurus in there. Yeah. She's secretly trying to find her mum. Secretly, not so secretly. And then at the same time, her dad, because um, he's spending so much time in the zones, things start happening to his mind and body that um, are not normal or slash are happening faster than they should do. Like, okay. Reminiscent of like dementia kind of oh, stuff okay. um it's really good so like rapid aging because it's going into like yeah. the fast zone too often exactly, okay yeah okay so the whole book is about how i read it it was all about like relationships how your relationships can be to different people um and how our our understanding of time can really like i guess take our life away a little bit mm. like yeah, and also the big connection between humans and the earth and plants. And it's all just very steeped in Japanese mythology. And the Japanese mythology part is there is a catfish in Japanese mythology called Namazu, I think it's called. And um, it's a catfish. It lives under the land of Japan. And every time it swims or rolls, that's what causes an earthquake. Okay. And Japan has 10% of the Earth's seismic activity, so they get a lot of earthquakes. Yeah. And in their mythology, like it, because I did a TikTok on the mythology of it, because I read it up and I yeah, thought it was yeah. really cool. They have like a um, counter, which is the gods of thunder. It's like the counter to the catfish. And one of the gods of thunder... Uh, came down and shoved a big stone through the ground and spiked the catfish's head. Yeah. So the catfish doesn't move as much, so they don't get as many earthquakes. Mm. And that is what the mythology is. So in the story, Catfish Rolling, um, she has a lot of kind of older Japanese people who tell her of this myth and they're mm. saying the stones come loose, which is why all of this time stuff has happened. It is really good. Oh, it was oh, really, yeah, it really good. It sounds really good. At the beginning, I had no clue. It wasn't what I thought at all, but somehow it was yeah. so amazing. I yeah. didn't care. Like, yeah. Sounds like really, one of those really ones fun. that makes you think. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, so. It's really put in my uh, vanilla flavoured cum story. It's a shame. Really. How dare you? This did not have vanilla flavoured cum. I, I apologise. I did not bring the vanilla flavoured cum. Um, and then, yeah, I'll talk about one more. Yep. Yeah. So this is Mapping the Interior by Stephen Graham Jones, which if you have listened to any of our episodes, you should probably know that I love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is about a um, a uh, a boy. So Stephen Graham Jones is of the Blackfeet tribe. Blackfoot? Blackfeet? Blackfeet, I think they are. Yeah, Blackfeet. And so all of his books feature indigenous uh, characters mm -hmm. so this follows a 15 year old boy whose dad has died because that's how we roll this month <laughs> <laughs> he starts to think so this is a novella he starts to think that his um dad is coming to life slash his spirit is okay. visiting them and uh he thinks that his dad is coming after his brother and then his brother starts having seizures and this book is set over i think it's like three or four years where he's convinced that his dad is visiting him and his dad comes in his traditional um garb that he wears when dancing i don't know if it has a particular name with like the the feathers it has like a headdress the, yeah, yeah yeah so that's how he knows it's his dad 
Um, and yeah, it's really creepy. Okay. There's a real depression creepy vibe this month. Yeah. Why was my depression so bad this month? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's called Mapping the Interior because there's like an element of the house doesn't quite match to the size it should be. Okay. Give me House of Leaves vibes. Okay. Yeah, just pick it up. It's Stephen Graham Jones. You need to hear no more. Did she listen to any horror wrecks or what else? What other lists has he appeared on? You managed to shoehorn him on a lot of lists. Horror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just any anything that's even adjacent to horror. Yeah, she's just like there. and Stephen Graham Jones. <laughs> like that um, night of the mannequins. Mm, oh. oh god, that one. <laughs> I still think about that all the time. Yeah, okay. so we did some reading. These these episodes end up so long when we actually, when especially when I, I actually know, read. Yeah, really relies on Who us. Are like, we? We're not being on brand, really. No, we should take it easy. Well, I'm about to go on holiday. Oh, you're not going to take it easy. No, I'm about to probably read quite a lot. <laughs> Trying to find the cover of night. I'm having a, like a full on potato holiday. I'm going to be a sun potato. If you wish to uh, keep abreast. <laughs> I am in my late twenties. She's in her mid thirties. We're some grown ups. <laughs> if you wish to keep abreast of what we are reading, check out our story graphs, which you will find links for in our card. And also, if you go to our bookshop.org, we have a shop front for each of us and our reads, and that is up to date. Check well, you out. It, I'm going to continue to keep it up to date. So hopefully it'll have even more than this. Is that why you always know what I've been reading from my story graph? Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to story graph soon and then I put it on my phone. Oh. Yeah. So um, also follow us on Instagram, um, TikTok. We've got a Facebook and a LinkedIn if yep. you are over there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I post on it very sporadically. <laughs> if you would rather listen to our episodes, we have an option to listen to it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it on our very own website, which is lazybookcloverspodcast.wordpress.com. You can listen to it anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and give us a rating. That really helps mm-hmm. us. And if you have any recommendations for future episodes or for books we should read, please go to our website and there's a suggestion box there. Or DM us on Instagram if you're feeling lazy. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, okay, well that that's everything. We will speak to you next week to talk about other books, other things, <laughs> book related. Oh my god, it's like we're a book podcast. I know. <laughs> Who is she? Who is she? <laughs> Goodbye, have a wonderful week. Love you, bye.